first. As we invite the Holy Spirit to uh, bring it to life for us. So, Father God, thank you for the privilege of being able to worship together. Thank you for the freedom that we enjoy to worship in this country. And forgive us, Lord, when we see it as an optional lifestyle choice. Lord Jesus, would you help us to give our lives to you in worship, in service, loving you and our neighbor. And so, Lord, as we think about what it means to be called by you, would you teach us what it means to surrender? To wholeheartedly give our lives to you, knowing that actually you want to lead us into green pastures. So, Lord Jesus, open your word to us, fill us with your spirit afresh, and speak to us that we might hear your voice. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, morning, everyone. Great to see you all. Welcome to some new folk here this morning. It's great to have you with us. I hope you'll feel right at home. Um, I hope that I don't put you off. Um, I'm the vicar. It's great to meet you. And, um, and I've dropped something there. There we go. So I want to take you back to a time, if you can possibly remember this, a time before mobile phones. Anyone remember that time? Yeah, okay. Well, I want to take you back even further. I mean, I grew up at a time where, you know, I had to go down to the phone box at the end of the road to call my grandparents. Anyone else old enough want to admit it? Yeah. Um, So, university. I shared a house uh, with several other people, and it was only in my final year in university that we got a phone. Yes. It was one of those horrible, big sort of ones with big buttons on it, on the landing, of course. So, you know, you couldn't have private conversations with anybody. Um... And yeah, but that was, you know, how did we make arrangements? I don't know. Anyway, so we got this big, shiny new phone on the landing in my student house, and the phone rings, and I answer it, and hello, is that Danny? Yes. Uh, it's Cliff. And I thought, Cliff? I don't know anyone called Cliff. Oh, I know, I've got a friend, Simon. Yeah, he's got a friend called Cliff. Why is he ringing me? Oh, I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, so having this conversation, and to be honest, I was getting a bit... It was a bit strange, because for about 10 minutes, this guy was asking me all these sort of quite personal questions. And I was thinking, you know, you're, I don't really know you, Cliff. You know, who are you? Um, anyway, after about 10 minutes, this guy laughed. And I recognized his voice. It was my friend, Chris, not Cliff. Now, the thing is, because Chris and I had grown up uh, opposite each other on the same road, and so we never used to speak to each other on the phone. In fact, if we wanted to speak to each other, we just opened our bedroom windows and yelled. Um, that's true. Um, or we'd just pop into each other's house. So I'd never heard this guy on the phone before. And I didn't recognize his voice until he laughed. And he's got an even weirder laugh than me. So we're thinking today about vocations. And those Latin scholars amongst you, I know there's many... Uh, will know, of course, that vocation, the word, comes from the Latin vocare, which means a call or a summons, and specifically a response to hearing a voice. A response to hearing a voice. And what we have in this chapter that Nikki read to us from John chapter 10 is, the, is Jesus engaging with the religious leaders of the time, who are basically saying, you know, please put us out of our misery. Please put us out of our suspense. Are you the Messiah or not? Come on, yes or no, Jesus? Are you the Messiah or not? And of course, Jesus, as usual, doesn't give a straight answer. And actually, that's quite important, isn't it? Because as part of our discipleship 
and learners, uh, being learners uh, in the faith, you know, Jesus doesn't want to spoon feed us and let us have sort of pat answers to everything without engaging our brains. Actually, Jesus encourages us to think. And he didn't give the uh, religious leaders a straight answer. He actually talked about being a good shepherd, being a good shepherd of the flock. And we read in verse 26 and 27, you do not believe, this is what he's saying to the religious leaders, you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And this is the essence of vocation. This is the essence of calling that we listen to the voice of the shepherd. And if you don't remember anything else this morning, just remember that, that Jesus longs for you to hear his voice and not to be like me on the phone going, who is this? What? What are you talking about? Well, actually, I was far too polite to say that. I was going, "Mm -hmm," you know, all that. Um, So, but in order to listen to the voice, of course, we have to recognize it, unlike me. We have to recognize Jesus' voice. And we can only recognize Jesus' voice if we spend time with him, if we get to know him in prayer, in worship, in silence, uh, through conversation with other Christians, uh, in the way that God reveals himself uh, through his creation, which is, of course, other people, which is this beautiful creation that we live in. We need to hear his voice in order to know how to follow him, and we need to know him in order to recognize his voice. We need to spend time with the shepherd and not just have those sort of, you know, snatch conversations or, you know, the arrow prayers. You know, I want you to be really honest with yourself today and ask, what is your relationship with the Lord like? Do you know the voice of the shepherd? Do you recognize when God speaks to you? Can you hear his voice? And, you know, of course, this is an ongoing process. So don't be thinking, oh my goodness, I've never, you know, I find that difficult. Yes, we all do. But actually, the, it, what's your intention? How are you going to continue to engage with the Lord and to hear his voice? The other, uh, so today is Vocation Sunday, as, as James has said, and many denominations across uh, the country and in other parts of the world are thinking about vocation today. So I've already said that vocation is about hearing, uh, listening to a call, to a summons, but often, I think many of us misconceive what vocation is. Most of us think that vocation is for people like me and Claire with funny bits of plastic around our neck, and Simon, if he had his on. Um, or, or maybe we think, well, no, it's, it's a bit wider than that. You know, it's also those people like Tony Owen, who are a lay reader, or like James, who's trained to be a leader of worship, or those who, are like Jim in the band, or, you know, whatever. We, we think it's someone who does a particular job in the church. But no. No, our calling is about the whole of our life, the whole of our life. You know, it's our work, it's our home, it's our family, it's our leisure time, it's what we watch on TV, it's what we read in magazines, what we look at on the internet. That's all God calls us in all of those things. And if, if there's any of those bits of your life that you feel a bit embarrassed about, that you think, oh, well, I want to keep the door closed on that one, thank you very much, that's not good. Jesus invites you, wants to be in the whole of your life. We, we were thinking the other week about uh, that verse in Revelation where Jesus talks about knocking on the door of our life. He wants to come in in its entirety. But I can't remember who it said, said this now, but someone has said that Jesus is a gentleman. 
You know, he doesn't force himself upon us. He doesn't barge his way into our lives. We have to invite him. We've been singing about surrendering, and that's another key theme that I want to come across today, is that if we really, really want to know the will of God in our lives, there's only one way I know how, and that is to wholeheartedly surrender to him wholeheartedly surrender to him to get to that point in your life where you say lord do whatever you want do whatever you want whatever it takes i'm there and believe me and know, many of you know this that's not an easy thing not an easy place to get to it's a bit like um i love that illustration of the um eagle do you know how the eagles learn to fly anyone know yeah, they're kicked out. Thanks, Jenny. Yeah, they're kicked out of the nest. So, you know, these lovely, uh, loving parents, you know, kick the eagle out of the nest, literally, the eaglet. What the eaglet doesn't know, as it's plummeting to the ground, thinking, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, is that the, um, the parent eagle is there, ready to swoop under the eaglet and rescue it. That's exactly the same with God. When we take a step of faith when we actually step into the unknown, whatever that might be, God is there. He's there with his everlasting loving arms. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't guarantee us uh, riches or safety even. doesn't even say we might not die in the process. You know, and many of our Christian brothers and sisters do. But he does say that I'm going to lead you into green pastures. I'm going to lead you into a life that is so rich and full and succulent. A life to the full. Uh, one of my favorite verses earlier in this chapter, John 10.10. 10. Easy to remember, John 10.10. 10. The, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. That's the enemy, the devil. Um, comes to steal, kill and destroy. All that is good, all that is holy. Um, but God, Jesus, has come that we might have life and have it to its full. Have it in all its richness and abundance. In technical, if you like. But yet so many, so many people and so many Christians, I'm sad to say, have never left the sheepfold. They're, they're in the sheep pen, in a nice sort of safe bit. And they never want to go out. And they're happy to eat stale hail. Stale hail? Stale hay. Stale hay. Because they're afraid to go out into the big wide world and to actually really ask God, what is it that you're calling me to do? A, few, a year or so back, a couple of years ago, maybe, we did a whole series about uh, living on our front line. And that's a really good concept, I think, that idea of the front line just basically being where we are, whether that be up in the city, whether that be in our home, whether that be at school or college, whether that be in our neighborhood, whether that be in Marks and Spencers uh, or Tesco or wherever, uh, that is our front line. We are, we are called to be uh, the light of the world. We are called to be salt and light in this world. We are called to be, if you like, the face of Jesus to those that we meet. I came across an, a fascinating statistic, which I very cleverly didn't write down. Um, but it was something along the lines of that if we carry on as we are in the church, which is basically that we expect people like Claire and I, and maybe a few other keynotes, to tell people about Jesus, then we're going to die. You know, we're, some denominations are literally half a generation away from complete extinction. The Church of England, I'm afraid to say, is not far off. Now, we see pockets of fantastic life and growth and health within the church, 
And I hope there's a bit of that here. But let's not kid ourselves. The only way that people are going to know about Jesus is if you tell them. If, if Claire and I are supposed to be the people who tell all of your friends and family about Jesus, well, we'll be long dead before we've got around them all. It's you. And you say to me, well, yeah, but, you know, I'm not, I don't know the Bible very well. You know, I'm not a very good Christian. I, you know, I get things wrong. So do I. We're, we're in this together, guys. My job, Claire's job, others who work and serve the church, different team members and all that sort of team leaders, our job is to facilitate and enable you guys to do what God has called you to do. And I really hope and pray that you don't get to an old age and still haven't discovered what God has called you to do. Now is the time to be discerning what it is that God has called you to do. You know, God has given you so much. I've gone completely off track, but let's go back to track. So, could we have the next slide, Peter? Thank you. So, what are we called to do? We're called to do all sorts of things, but here's a few. So, wonderful truth of this passage is that we are called by name. We are called by name. Jesus says in verse 13, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I know my sheep. You know, at the very least, if you know someone, you know their name, hopefully. Jesus knows us way more than that. He created us. He knows the number of hairs on our head, which for some of us is less than others. Um, He knows us intimately. Sorry, that was really poor taste. Sorry. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) But he knows us. He knows us intimately. We are his children. We're his children. I mean, that just blows my mind. We've been adopted into God's family. He loves us. He's chosen us. And so many of us spend our lives going, oh, God, do you really love me? Oh, I'm not sure you do. I'm not a very nice person. I'm not sure you love me very much. And we literally spend our whole lives not believing that God loves us. I mean, I've been there. I've spent a lot of my life believing that God doesn't really, really love me. Not as much as Elliot, because obviously Elliot's, you know, far better than me um, in lots of ways. But... God loves us not because of what we do. You know, that's, this is the performance culture that we're in. It's so insidious that we literally believe that we're only a value because of what we earn, uh, what we do, um, who we know. I mean, Facebook is terrible for that, isn't it? It just, it just sort of um, magnifies all of that stuff. You know, when you look at Facebook, oh, I wish I was there. Oh, oh look at who they're with. Oh, oh, look at how much they've got. You know, if that is how, what it does to your soul when you look at Facebook, don't look at it. If it does violence to your soul, and I use that word, advise, you know, violence is the right word. So much of our culture does violence to our soul because it takes away that God-given sense that we are created in his image, that we have a purpose, that we are loved, that we are chosen, we are accepted, we're forgiven. And, you know, God must get so, he weeps because... So of us spend so much, we spend so much of our lives just, oh, do you really love me, Lord? And, you know, we never get anywhere. We don't get anywhere. I mean, I'm overemphasizing all of this. You get that, don't you? That's what preachers do. But, you know, the reality is, is that we can spend so much of our time feeling insecure about whether God is really there and whether he really loves us that we never actually step into the things he has called us to do. We're called to grow, you know? So many people have an emphasis on, oh, I became a Christian in 1973. Great. What's happened since? 
Are you still a, are you still a baby Christian? We're called to grow. Uh, Christianity is a process of transformation. It's an ongoing process of salvation. Salvation isn't a one-off thing. I was saved at that point. Great, fantastic. But salvation is an ongoing growth process. We're learners. Disciples are learners. Disciples grow. Learners grow. They learn stuff. They learn from their mistakes because they've made mistakes. They've actually dared to take some risks. We're called to grow. We're called to reproduce. Now, I love that picture, don't you? It's not a, that little booklet there. I've actually got that booklet. Born to reproduce. Um, it's not about um, sex education or um, any of that. <laughs> it's a great, great, actually, it's really true that as Christians, I've just said this, you know, we are called to be disciples who make disciples. What did Jesus say just before he was ascended to heaven, before he was resurrected? No, after he was resurrected, of course. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say, some of you go, some of you can stay behind and make the tea. No, he said, go, go. I don't know why I said that. Go and make disciples of all nations. And then, the last thing there, we are called to be good stewards. We're called to be good stewards of our time, our gifts, our resources, and our experiences. If we've got time at the end, I'll, I'll give a little exercise how you can sort of help to think about that. Uh, the Apostle Peter writes, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So the question this morning is not, am I called? No. The question is, what has God called me? What has God called you to do? There's no shortcuts to answering this question. And all this talk this morning can do is act as a, a tiny little catalyst, a tiny little window upon what it is that God might be calling you to do. I've prepared a, a handout with some questions and uh, scriptures and stuff to look at. There's a few hard copies at the back, but again, I'll put it on Facebook. You are allowed to look at that. Um, and I'll, we'll send it around to the home group leaders to help you. Because as you've heard me say before, discipleship is an intentional activity. Just by showing up at church every week, you're not going to grow as a disciple. You'll, you might grow a tiny bit, I hope, because, you know, because of the, uh, what we're, we're trying to teach and communicate. But ultimately, you're responsible for your own spiritual life. And that can only happen if you spend time with the Lord. If you spend time reading the Bible, in prayer, in worship, in silence. Just being with God, learning to hear his voice. Because he doesn't shout at the megaphone most of the time. He, he wants to, us to be still enough and quiet enough and let, undistracted enough to actually hear him. So enough, hearing, enough from me. I'm going to invite Lana to uh, come and uh, chat to us for a little bit because um, Lana and I had a really cool conversation on Tuesday. I just bumped into Lana um, and, well, we just had a really good conversation about vocation, didn't we, and calling and stuff, so... Do you want to say a little bit about yeah. what, what that means for you, that word sure. calling and vocation? I'm sort of laughing a bit to myself because um, this whole service, I've been sat up there with God next to me, just laughing. Like, just how many different times have we heard a message like this? But in the last few weeks, it's like I've heard, really, really heard. It's really kind of, it's been amazing. And um, the songs that we've sung today were kind of, 
they were the ones that first got me hearing, you know, when we sang um, When the Oceans Rise and, and I Surrender, and I really, like, heard them and sang them and got them. And it was this, it was like, oh my gosh, because I, for years, have heard this message that I'm precious and that God knows my name and he cares about me. And for every single one of you sitting here, and for every single person out there, I totally, totally got that. I was like, yes, God loves you. You are amazing. But for me, just... I'm just me. I'm like so tiny. I'm such a tiny little cog in this massive, massive infrastructure. And hand on heart, I really, never really kind of totally believed that he cared about what I was doing. Because I'm just tiny. I'm insignificant. Like, I just really don't matter. And then over the last few weeks, it's like, wow. (laughs) Like, Yes, you do matter. You are so pivotal to, you know, all of it. And I've got this kind of amazing feeling of, well, surrender. I was saying to Danny, when I can't remember the word surrender, because it's really important, like, you have to give me the nudge, but thankfully you've used it a lot this morning, so I'm there, I get it. But, like, honestly, like, I'm not using that word lightly, like, total, utter just giving it all because God's got this incredible plan. He's got it totally figured. And I feel a bit like he's really giving me some quite major nudges in a particular direction at the moment. Not necessarily for me to do stuff. It's about me having this idea of all the experiences I've had, all the things that I've learned, all the places that I've been and the people that I've met, all of that history all coming together for this kind of new life and new path that might involve me or might not involve me or might just need a bit of my skills or might just need me to think it and say something to the right person at the right time. And God's got all of that covered. He's totally just there. But the really amazing thing that really helps me understand that this isn't just coincidence, this is God incidence, this is really happening through God, is um, if I'm not right, and if I haven't quite heard this right, or if I was distracted with Elsa and her colouring books and I quietly just didn't quite hear it the way he's saying it, that's so okay, because he's got it covered and he's going to help work out whatever it's supposed to be. So the, the reason I know that's really important is because if you know me like from previous versions of myself you would know that that would totally totally stress me out like if I'd done all this work and all this thinking and all this working stuff out and that wasn't how this was supposed to be that I'd be like a mess I'd be kind of you know like no 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 it's got to be my way I've got this plan and I've got it all figured out and I've thought about it and I've done this and I've got a spreadsheet and it's amazing <laughs> but I'm just not in that place I'm just totally like it's okay like he's got it covered he's there he he's got it he's he's got it all sorted he knows how each of us all fit together in this massive plan that he's got and to just know that i am precious and important and part of that however that works out it's amazing it's like it's just wonderful and i feel so amazingly at peace and calm and rejoiced and rejuvenated 
over a month that has been pretty tiring and pretty stressful with other stuff going on. So I shouldn't feel any of those things, but I really, really do. So hallelujah, or hello Julia, as Elsa says when she sings that, because she mishears it slightly. So um, wow, there you go. Brilliant. Fantastic. <laughs> so do, do continue to pray for Lana and, and for Paul and for the... Um, Buildings group because one of the things that one of the one of the things that Lana's working on there's lots of things but we're we're looking at how we reconstitute Rainbow Nursery possibly as a separate charity we're looking at how we might uh, redo our buildings there's all sorts of stuff going on you'll hear some about more about this at the APCM next week uh, the annual meeting but please please do pray and uh, yeah it's just amazing how God has just brought together people for a time such as this you know Lana with her particular skills and experience um, and all sorts of other folk. So it is amazing how God can use us when we just say, okay, Lord, over to you. And how God can give us that energy. Um, James and I were talking earlier about how we're both from the Jonah School of Leadership, which means that we went in this direction before we actually turned around and and went towards the direction that God had called me. You know, when God first called me to be an ordained minister, it was like, no way. You must be joking, God. I mean... I mean, like Lana, what, me? Me? You know, some bloke from Leicester, you know. Um, hello, Leicester, pretty cool at the moment, I have to say. But, um, uh, yeah. So I really, really urge you, if you've got any inkling of God sort of nudging you, you know, maybe you had dreams years ago that you've just squashed. You know, life's got in the way. You've got the mortgage, you've got the kids, you've got the whatever. Um, You've got the, you know, the, the things to sustain. A um, lot to give up, actually, maybe, for some of you. Please, please, don't you know, get to 10 years' time, 20 years' time, and say, if only I'd had the courage to do the thing God has called me to do. I wish we had time for you to all sort of share stories of how God has called you, but, and I'd really encourage you, if you're in a home group, or even if you, if, you know, to talk about these things in your home group. If you're not in a home group, do speak to, um, to me or Claire about that. We'd love to encourage you to be in one. Because this is how we grow. This is how we grow, is by talking to one another, by wrestling with what God is saying to us, helping one another discern, is this this God's voice I've heard or not? Is this God's voice? We've got a couple in our first service called Michael and Gina in their 70s. And a few years ago, God called them to go to Cambodia. And they made sure they hadn't, weren't going completely bonkers, it wasn't a bit of dementia setting in. Um, they checked it with several people, and God just blessed them richly. They're back here now, and they're serving God continually still. You're never too old. None of you are too old, that's for sure. Um, you're never too old. And don't think if you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, that you sort of somehow mystics. As Lana said, God uses all of our past even if we maybe have taken some uh, turns that maybe you know, didn't seem ideal at the time. God can use all of that. God is bigger than all that. God is the you know, creator of the universe. He can make all of that stuff fit together. And it's all about trust. We've got to trust him. We've got to um, uh, help allow him to lead us into green pastures. Let's just think about that metaphor for a moment before I come into land. Um, you know, that's what the shepherd does. 
He leads people into green pastures. And, you know, in the Middle, in the Middle East, in, and certainly in first century Palestine and in some places today, the way that it operated, the way the shepherd worked, is that they would have a flock of about 20 sheep. And they would know those sheep really well. They would literally know them by name. Um, and when the shepherd called those sheep, they would follow. And what would often happen is several flocks of shop, sheep shop, flocks of sheep would be put in a pen at night. There might be 100, 120 sheep in this pen, sort of a walled enclosure, maybe with a gatekeeper who would let, lie across the, the entrance. Um, and when the shepherds came back in the morning, um, they'd call their sheep, and out of these 100 sheep, their 20 sheep would just come because they recognized their voice. And what does the shepherd do? He leads the sheep into green pasture. That fullness of life that I've already mentioned. Life to the full. Life in all its richness. And the problem is for many of us, we've got used to being in the sheep pen. We've got used to being comfortable. We've got used to being secure. And yet, our true security is in Jesus. Not in stuff or in status. You know, God uses those things. Don't get me wrong, I'm not against wealth. I'm not against um, status. I'm not against, um, God, you know, God working through us in all of the different ways that we, we, he does. But it's when those things become the most important thing in our lives. That's where our identity comes from. You know, that's, that's the problem. Because we end up following those things. We end up following success in whatever shape that means, rather than following a person. You know, what I desperately don't want for us at St. Stephen's is we just, we're just a comfortable, middle-class, um, cosy Christian club. You know, Jesus was radical. That's why he got killed. Because he upset everybody, particularly those who are spent to be the religious ones. This is a radical faith, you know? And we, we, are having to, we have to literally fight against the tide of materialism and consumerism that tells us that life is all about getting more stuff. It's all about education. It's all about um, being secure financially. Again, those things are not wrong. But if they become our idols, if they become the things that we're pursuing above all else, then they divert us from our true calling, from our true vocation. So I'd really encourage you to think about how you might listen to God. And I'm just going to end with, um, if you have the next slide. This is just a really useful little thing I came across about using the word gifts to help us to begin to discern. This is on the handout that I've prepared uh, if you want to see it in more detail. So think about how God guides you. Well, of course, it's through the Bible, through his spirit, um, through others. But it doesn't happen by accident. If you think God is going to give you major revelations as you're running 100 miles an hour doing all the stuff you do, it's not going to happen. I mean, God in his grace might begin to plant some seeds in your head, but you've got to, you've got to, you've got to slow down enough. This culture is so quick and so fast and so instant. We've got to slow down. Have some times in our day where we just slow down. And this has taken me years to do this. You know, I'm an activist. I'm a, I, I, I like to do stuff, get things done. I've had to learn, literally force myself to sit and be still. And now I couldn't not have silence and stillness in my day. But it took me years to get to that point. It's not, none of this stuff is easy. You know, Christianity isn't some easy thing. It's radical. It's hard. It's tough. 
but it is so worth it because of the green pastures that Jesus wants to lead us into. So God guides us through his word, his spirit, through others, through worship, scripture, silence. Um, what are our interests? What are our passions? What are the things that um, inspire us? Our innate qualities? What about our friends? What do, they, what do they see in us? It's a really good thing to ask your friends and those close to you. What am I good at? You might be surprised. And then you've got to take a step. You know, try it out. Here at St. Stephen's, if you want to try stuff out, let's have a go. If you want to try doing stuff with the kids, if you want to try doing the sound stuff, if you want to try uh, whatever it might be, even preaching. Several people have uh, tried preaching, leading services. Um, we've, there's, the Glasses does loads of great courses and all of these things. Um, if you want to just test the waters, we're not, you're not committing yourself for life. We're not the sort of church that, you know, once we've got your name, that's it, 20 years doing coffee, that's it. Uh, Speak to Louisa. Louisa does a fantastic job of doing... There's job descriptions on the back of the, the, ch- the, back of the church for different vacancies you have in the church life. Try it out. You're not signing, you know, forever. Try it out. Speak to other people who are doing that thing. There's names, on, uh, contacts on, on over there that you can look at. Uh, what's your situation or circumstance? Well, of course, you know, we'll have different scenes of life. If you've got young children, then clearly that's going to have an impact upon what you can do. Or if you've got elderly parents that you're looking after. Or if you're running a business, starting a business up, or if you're in a career change, or you're heading a department, or whatever you might be doing. You know, it's not, this isn't all about serving the church. This is about serving God. Being aware that in your work, in your life, in your daily living, you are serving God. You are living for him. You know, maybe before you go into that business meeting, what is, Jesus, what are you saying? How can I be salt and light in this situation? Okay, I will close there. There's so much more I could say, as always. But um, I hope that you will take some of what I've said, even if it's just one little nugget, uh, and just don't go away from here without praying with somebody. There'll be members of the prayer ministry team around. Look at those around you if you want to pray with them. You know, really earth this and ground this, because otherwise we can just go away from the service. So that was all right. Nice sermon, Vicar. Um, But actually we don't, no growth or transformation happens. Okay? I'm just going to just be quiet for a moment and then we're going to pray. Claire and I would just love to speak to you if you do want to talk about authorised forms of ministry but we'd love to speak to you, you know, whatever it is you're wrestling with, what you think God might be calling you to do. Or there might be others that you trust, you know, your home group leaders or other friends that you can talk to. But please don't not, like I did, not talk to anyone about what God I thought was saying to me. Please don't do, do a Jonah. Not for too long. If God is just stirring your heart now, your heart's beating a bit faster then talk to us. Please tell somebody. Don't be embarrassed. It's a terrible English quality, being embarrassed. Particularly when God's speaking to us. So this prayer I'm going to pray is on the sheet I mentioned. You might want to use it for yourself uh, when you have a quiet moment. Lord, thank you that you have called me by name. Help me to recognize and to listen to your voice. 
to have the courage to leave the security of what is known and comfortable and to allow you to lead me into green pastures. Please fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit so that I can use my time, resources and gifts to serve you and others for your glory. Amen.